Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of my podcast, Cognizant Minds. I am your host, Remy Sanders, and today I want to really talk about the FDA and its approval of a lot of these, you know, pharmaceutical drugs and, you know, kind of how much power these drug companies really truly have. So today, you know, I'm going to read y'all a blog from Donald W. Light. Light received a BA in history from Stanford, an MA in sociology from the University of Chicago, and a PhD in sociology from Brandeis. His research at the center concerned the historical roots of institutional corruption and the development of prescription drugs and its consequences. So let's dig deep into it. Few people know that prescription drugs have a one in five chance of causing serious reactions after they have been approved by the FDA. This is why expert physicians recommend not taking new drugs for at least five years unless patients have first tried better established options and have the need to do so. Few know that systemic reviews of hospital charts found that even properly prescribed drugs, aside from misprescribing, overdosing, or self-prescribing, cause about 1.9 million hospitalizations a year. Another 840,000 hospitalized patients are given drugs that cause serious adverse reactions for a total of 2.74 million serious adverse drug reactions. About 128,000 people die from drugs prescribed to them. This makes prescription drugs a major health risk, ranking fourth with stroke as a leading cause of death. The European Commission estimates that adverse reactions from prescription drugs causes 200,000 deaths. So together, about 328,000 patients in the U.S. and Europe die from prescription drugs each year. The FDA does not acknowledge these facts and instead gathers a small fraction of the cases. So what does that remind me of? That reminds me of the CDC and the VAERS database. You know, all of these vaccine injuries and vaccine deaths that are being reported. You know, the CDC, they're not acknowledging these statistics and these facts. And they're gathering small fraction of the cases, I believe. Um, like only 10% of um, adverse reactions and Injuries and deaths related to vaccines are reported only only ten percent of those. So, and I I could be even wrong on that statistic. I, I think I might be underestimating, you know. But look into that, you know. It seems to be a very you know trendy pattern with these big corporations. Perhaps this is the price of progress. For example, a hundred and seventy million Americans take take a prescription drug. And many benefit from the drug. For some, drugs save their life or keep them alive. About 80% of them are generic. That is to say, drugs whose benefits and risks are better known. If we suppose they all benefit, then 2.7 million severe reactions is only about 1.5%. But as far as we can tell, 
very little research is funded on prescription drugs as a health risk compared to less deadly risks like diabetes or Alzheimer's disease. Millions who take new patented drugs experience only modest benefits over established drugs. Only a small percent of new drugs provide significant advantages for patients to offset these risks of harm. Independent reviews over the past 35 years have found that only 11 to 15 percent of newly approved drugs have significant clinical advantages over existing, better known drugs. These contribute to large medicine chests of effective drugs developed over the decades. But the 85 to 89 percent with little or no clinical advantage flood the market. About four-fifths of the additional $70 billion spent on drugs since 2000 in the U.S. and another $70 billion abroad have been spent on these minor new variations rather than on the really innovative drugs. In a recent decade, between 2002 and 2011, Independent reviews by clinical expert teams in France, Canada, and the Netherlands have concluded that only 8% of 946 new products were clinically superior, down from 11 to 15% in previous decades. Only two were breakthroughs, and another 13 represented a real therapeutic advance. Spokesman for the pharmaceutical industry point out that therapeutically similar drugs have advantages. First, physicians need some choice within a therapeutic class because some patients do not respond well to a given drug. This is true, but after about three choices, there is little evidence to justify a fourth, fifth, or sixth drug in a class. Second, a subgroup of patients may benefit from new drugs that seem similar this may be true or not, and we need to identify that subgroup so the effectiveness of the drug can be tested on them. The point of testing drugs for approval is to identify which patients might benefit and see if they do, not to assume that some patients somewhere might. Third, industry spokespersons argue that every incremental development contributes to larger improvements. This might be true, but most significant clinical advances occur through major discoveries. Yet most major scientific discoveries do not significantly improve patients' health and some may prove deadly. Silvio Garanti, a leader in pharmacological research, told me, when a major discovery actually helps patients, we feel very lucky. So... What is this telling me? This is telling me that a lot of these pharmaceuticals that are approved and released out to and marketed out to the public actually have no real science or clinical you know, studies that prove their effectiveness. A lot of it is, you know, the luck or it just so happens and you know what if it pays off or it doesn't pay off then you know hooray and this is very dangerous because we're talking about millions of people taking these drugs
and the health effects are not known. And also, it's very, you know, irresponsible because billions of dollars are coming out of Americans' hard-working, hard-earned money from taxes that are funding these things. And that's that's very irresponsible. And that's also not fair to the average hardworking citizen. So <clears throat> let's take a look at the hidden business model of R&D. Flooding the market with hundreds of minor variations seem to be the hidden business model of drug companies to exploit patent and other IP protections for profits, not for significant advantages for patient health. Looking back, Jerry Avorn, an authority of pharmacoepidemiology, wrote that laws designed to encourage and protect meaningful innovation had been turned into a system that rewarded trivial pseudo-innovation even more profitably than important discoveries. Despite fewer superior drugs, Mark Andre Gagnon has shown that sales and profits soared. Net return on revenues rose from about 10% in the 1970s to 12% by 1990, then to 16% by 2000 and to 19% in 2010. Pharmaceutical ROR has increased from about 2.5 times to 3.2 times the return for the Fortune 500 giants, largely as a result of raising prices and getting more physicians to prescribe more drugs. Over the past 35 years, the hidden business model based on marketing power and prowess more than innovation has caused an epidemic of harmful side effects. Given estimates that are about 30 adverse reactions occur for every one that leads to hospitalization. About 81 million adverse reactions are experienced by the 170 million Americans taking drugs. The elderly and those taking multiple drugs experience more than others. Most are medically minor, like muscle aches, gastrointestinal discomforts, slower reactions, or even sleepiness. But they reduce productivity and cause many falls and road accidents. The pharmaceutical industry refers constantly to its R&D pipeline of new drugs under development. But there is a second parallel pipeline, the trial journey pipeline. It consists of randomized clinical trials designed with the marketing departments to produce evidence that their drugs are more effective and safer than unbiased trials would show. Commercially funded clinical trials are at least 2.5 times more likely to favor the sponsor's drugs than non-commercially funded trials. The FDA accepts these biased trials and uses them to approve drugs. Congress strongly supports having companies fund the division that reviews new drugs rather than having the FDA be a publicly funded, independent reviewer and regulator. Financially, the FDA is an extension of the pharmaceutical industry and plays a major role in expanding markets for more people to take more drugs. So we see 
the FDA allows these companies to fund their own clinical trials, which are completely biased. Commercially funded clinical trials are at least 2.5 times more likely to favor the sponsor's drugs than non-commercially commercially funded trials. And the FDA accepts these biased trials. And not only do they accept them, they use them as a reason to approve these drugs. It's absolutely crazy. The FDA has, you know, it, if, if anyone still trusts the FDA and thinks that anything they approve is, you know, safe and effective, you know, they got a lot of, uh, they got a lot of research to do. Let's take a look at this. New FDA policies to get more drugs reviewed faster than than that they can reach. Patients sooner, in fact, mean that drugs are approved with less evidence of being safe or effective. Let's read that again. New FDA policies to get more drugs reviewed faster so that they can reach patients sooner, in fact, mean that drugs are approved with less evidence of being safe or effective. What does that remind you of? Reminds you of these COVID vaccines, right? If they were made so fast, like what, eight months? And they were, why are they, why did the FDA approve them for emergency uh, use authorization? That means that the, the vaccines have less evidence of being safe or effective. And also for something to be uh, emergency use authorized, uh, approved, there can be no other drugs on the market that could help with the so-called disease that the vaccines are supposed to protect you from. And we see that with ivermectin. Um, we've seen that with zinc. All these things have supposedly worked and studies have showed it has worked in COVID patients. So the FDA broke a federal law when they approved vaccines for uh, emergency youth authorization. So once again, shows FDA policies, people who work within the FDA are corrupt. A systematic study of shortened reviews found that each 10-month reduction results in an 18% increase in serious adverse reactions, an 11% increase in hospitalizations, and a 7.2% increase in deaths. The risk of serious adverse reactions occurring after approval increases from 1 in 5 to 1 in 3, a huge risk that nobody is telling the public about. And, you know, what, what is the best way to inform the public? News, social media, newspapers, TV, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, you know how much money pharmaceutical companies are pushing on these uh, news networks and these social media platforms and all of these newspapers and radios. You know, billions of dollars go into these these marketing campaigns and you know they they hide the truth, suppress clinical data, they're biased, 
they lie about the statistics, you know, and they, uh, you know, they have their, their puppets who are willing to accept, you know, big paydays to lie and, you know, keep this, keep this matrix going on. In response to drug disasters like Vioxx, which experts say caused about 120,000 traumatic cardiovascular events and 40,000 deaths, Congress and the FDA have set up monitoring and safety systems. But a review of results so far found little evidence they are identifying serious risk or altering prescribing practices. So this is just further proof that the FDA is corrupt and they protect drug companies. It literally says that this drug has caused over 120,000 traumatic cardiovascular events and 40,000 deaths. Congress and the FDA are aware of it, so they set up monitoring and safety systems. But a review of results so far found little evidence they are identifying serious risks or altering prescribing practices. So they're not doing anything about it. They know what's happening. They know th- hundreds of thousands of people are having adverse reactions. They know thousands of people are dying. But they're just going to sweep it under the rug, not talk about it, not release it to the public, not inform these millions, hundreds of millions of people who take pharmaceutical drugs, they're not going to inform them about it. They're just going to, you know, protect the drug companies and keep making their money. This shows you how corrupt the FDA is. You know, this is very crazy. And the the FDA has some huge problems going on. There's a lot of corrupt people within the FDA. 